You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I write about the Chicago Bears for NBC Sports Chicago and Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we have the inevitable Jordan Howard trade. I think most people have kind of seen this coming, but maybe the exact timing and the exact details of this trade being a little bit more surprising. But to me, this whole thing just doesn't quite add up. So today we're going to talk about sort of the strangeness of trading Jordan Howard to the Philadelphia Eagles specifically, and also the timing of this trade not really making the most sense from a process standpoint. And then we'll wrap up by kind of taking a look at where the Chicago Bears go from here at the running back position. Let's start a few days ago when Matt Nagy met with the media down at the owners' meetings in Arizona It took me a little while to find audio of those interviews because it wasn't live streamed anywhere as far as I could tell. But I was able to get a hold of some sound of the comments Matt Nagy gave at that breakfast. I believe that would have been on Tuesday. And he was asked a little bit about Jordan Howard. So I just want to start by playing a little brief snippet of what he said two days before the Bears ended up trading their running back. Does Jordan Howard have a role on his team? Yeah. Yeah, he does, and and for for us, um, you know, I know the stuff that there, there's stuff floating out there in regards to the the trade thing, the, the trade uh, rumors that are out there, and we're always going to to with, with all of our guys, you know, if there's rumors out there, or there's people talking, Ryan's going to always listen, and we're going to see where we're at, and then if it's something that we think is going to make our team better, we'll entertain it, and and uh, so for us. Uh, the running back position right now is is something that um, we 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 think we're in a good spot, but we definitely feel like overall in the run game between the the, the O line and the running backs and me calling plays that we can be better at that run in the run game. So the Bears haven't exactly denied or strongly dispelled the idea that a trade was potentially in the works here. Right, Everyone was assuming this would happen eventually. We've talked about it plenty on this podcast. And I guess for those of you getting tired of the Jordan Howard and running back talk, it, it kind of ends here, at least with him specifically. But we're going to go in-depth on that today. It clearly, Matt Nagy leaving the door open a few days ago, and now maybe we weren't quite expecting it this quickly and to have this specific timing. But here we are. Jordan Howard is headed to the Philadelphia Eagles for a conditional fifth-round pick. It starts out as a sixth-round pick, but can work its way up to a fifth-round pick. I'm not sure about the specific details of those conditions at this point, but typically it's based off of production, you know, games played, yardage reach, and or team success in a season. So either way, it is a late-round pick, and I think the immediate red flag or or question mark that's raised for me with this deal was purely the team that traded for him. Now, obviously, the Eagles were 
considered a pretty likely landing spot in terms of team that needs a running back and has shown interest in trading for running backs in the past, uh, acquiring players at this position in this way. You know, think about guys like Jay Ajayi and, and others that have kind of come through the Eagles rotation in the backfield. So in that sense, it makes it makes sense, right? But what doesn't add up for me here is that the idea, of course, is that Jordan Howard, quote-unquote, isn't a great fit in Matt Nagy's offense. And when Matt Nagy describes his ideal running backs, he describes running backs differently than you would describe Jordan Howard. And to some extent, that makes sense and is reasonable, but the Philadelphia Eagles run the exact same offense. I mean, Trey Burton has said as such when he came over as a free agent, and it's pretty clear Peterson and Nagy coach together with the Kansas City Chiefs, and you watch them on tape, it's a very similar system. Obviously, each one has its own flavors here and there, but the core concepts are the same. And that's why it's interesting to me that Jordan Howard would be not a fit for this offense when it's being run in Chicago, but all of a sudden is a fit and is a desirable acquisition for the Philadelphia Eagles running the same offense in a different city. That, to me speaks to, I guess, a difference in these coaches at this standpoint. And Doug Peterson potentially being able to get more value out of Jordan Howard, perhaps, than what Matt Nagy was anticipating. I think it's up to Matt Nagy to get the most out of the talent he had available to him. And, you know, clearly he didn't think he would be doing so necessarily with Jordan Howard this year. And whereas Doug Peterson wants to find a role for him potentially in that LeGarrette Blunt mold. That's the name that keeps getting thrown out there. Blunt was the Eagles running back in 2017, led them with 766 yards and I think 4.4 yards per carry on about 173 carries. So you're talking about half as many opportunities to run with the ball as Jordan Howard had in Chicago this past year, but he was a guy that you know, not not a big contributor in the passing game, mostly seeing him run on first and second down, not really a third down back, but still able to be plenty productive for them and, and still carve out that role as their leading rusher, even in a rotation. And I can't help but feel like Jordan Howard could have and should be doing the same thing in Chicago in 2019. It's not going to be the same role he's used to from the John Fox era or even quite the same as last year when you add Mike Davis in there, but it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me as to why Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were so eager to get rid of Jordan Howard purely based on the information that we have. It kind of suggests to me that maybe there's more to this story you know, behind closed doors for whatever reason, and I don't want to wildly speculate about what those reasons could be, but it just doesn't seem to quite add up to me at this point with what we know, why the Bears would be so eager to move Jordan Howard, especially given the timing and given the return on the trade. It's not like this is the kind of deal where, you know, the Eagles were desperate and they maximized the leverage here, or they got some great return that makes this deal make sense and why the Bears would jump on it now. There's just it just doesn't add up to me because of how similar the Bears and Eagles are, and yet one coach very interested in acquiring Jordan Howard, the other seemingly very interested in moving on from Jordan Howard. Sort of along those same lines, it just the timing of this trade seems a little bit funky to me too. 
even though perhaps the Bears might have gotten the most they could at this point, it feels like a bad process leading up to it. I'll explain a little more next on Locked On Bears. I think when you look out over sort of the opinion landscape surrounding this deal, certainly I think Eagles fans across the board feel like they got a steal. That's kind of the general opinion I've seen out there that they're excited about adding Jordan Howard. They, they see all the positives that he'll add and feel like they got a great value for him for just a fifth slash sixth round pick in 2020. But then when you look at it from the Bears perspective, there's some mixed opinions. And I've seen some people kind of come out and say, the Bears won this deal. Look, they were able to get this draft pick compensation rather than having to pay him and reduce his role in XYZ. And other people have kind of said, no, this is not a good deal for the Bears. They didn't get nearly enough return on investment, and he could still be a pretty valuable contributor for their offense. And I really do see it both ways, and I think in in a sense it can kind of be both a good and a bad deal kind of given the situation, but I feel like from a, a bigger picture, the process behind this feels like it wasn't handled the best and it wasn't necessarily the smartest for the Bears team building process, mainly because it seems to me that Jordan Howard's value is at an all-time low. And generally speaking, selling low rather than selling high is not the best way to do business. Typically, you buy low, sell high, right? I'm not a business expert by any means, but that that's kind of seems how you, you do team. That's how the best teams do it. You take a, a low-risk, high-reward type flyer on a player, and you know the teams that don't maximize the value of their assets ultimately end up missing out. And I guess it feels like, to some extent, the Bears were unable to maximize the value of Howard as an asset. And I guess I'm not sure there is a super clear path as the better way to have done it, but it just doesn't feel like this was necessarily the best way to maximize that asset. I mean, Jordan Howard coming off of the worst year of his career from a production standpoint, you know, career low yards per carry, I believe a career low total rushing yards. The touchdowns were still, you know, at nine, but pretty low receptions and receiving as well. And just certainly from a perception standpoint, couldn't get much lower for Jordan Howard, which makes it a uh, a difficult time to trade him. Also, when you talk about free agency being right now, teams are going to be less inclined to trade a draft pick for a running back when they could go out and sign a back on the open market and not have to give up any draft pick compensation. So the timing feels a little bit weird in that sense as well. Then you kind of throw in the the rumor that was out there, certainly not confirmed at this point, but I believe Greg Gabriel from Pro Football Weekly reported the Bears were offered a third-round pick for Jordan Howard during last season and declined at that time, which, again, I'm not trying to say the Bears should have taken that at the time, but it shows you that his value has certainly dropped based on perhaps leverage then compared to now, that perhaps it makes me wonder, would Jordan Howard's value be higher, say, on draft day when a team is looking to make a move and a little bit more desperate to get the guy that they want on the draft board. And so they might give you just a little bit more for Jordan Howard to get that deal done if you're using him to move in trades or maybe a team misses out on the running back they want in the draft. So then you can dangle Jordan Howard that way and, and maybe get a little bit more. Again, 
speculating, and we don't have a real answer as to whether or not that would be true, but it's, it's the kind of possibility that leaves me at least wondering. Or even you take Jordan Howard into the preseason, and chances are somebody's running back across the league is going to get hurt. There's always ACL tears. There's always big, devastating injuries in the preseason. And so maybe there's a, a team in the preseason that's desperate to get their starting running back for to make their own playoff push this year. And you could get a little bit more of a, a 2020 draft pick compensation for Jordan Howard at that time. Again, none of those things are sure things. And this Eagles trade was a sure thing. So I, I, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, that there was this great opportunity missing. But there's some questions as to whether or not the Bears were able to maximize Jordan Howard's value at this time. And I feel like he is at this point more valuable to the Bears in that, say, LeGarrette Blunt role in Matt Nagy's offense, in the role that the Eagles want Jordan Howard for. I feel like he's more valuable to the Bears in that role with Tariq Cohen, with Mike Davis in that rotation than a potential fifth or sixth round pick. I know Ryan Pace has a reputation for being able to draft fifth and sixth round picks well, and certainly he has done a better job in those rounds than the majority, I think, of other general managers around the league. But you were still talking about close to a 50% type. I mean, I I didn't count it out and calculate it, but it seems like about every other late round pick. You know, you hit on guys like Adrian Amos, Jordan Howard, Nick Kwiatkowski, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, Bilal Nichols even, but maybe you miss on Tyo Fabulige, Jeremy Lankford, DeAndre Houston Carson, DeAndre Hall, maybe Deion Bush you can include in there, Jordan Morgan. So it's not as though he hits all of those late-round picks, and you can never expect him to hit all those late-round picks, but it's still closer to a 50-50 shot that the pick the Bears got for Jordan Howard ever amounts to anything of value. So to me, Jordan Howard was more valuable to this team than that 2020 pick for this upcoming season, which makes me again feel like the the proper maximization of this asset was not done. I think given the situation, given that it is free agency, given that Jordan Howard is in the last year of his contract, given that his value is low, to be able to get that future fifth slash sixth round pick is a fine deal at this time. When, when you take this in a vacuum, just given everything we know today and every situation we are in today in a vacuum, I think it's a fine deal. Sure, you get you get something for a player who is going to be a free agent next year. You're likely not going to get any compensatory picks for Jordan Howard because it's based on what his next contract will be. And if he takes a reduced role with the Bears, his next contract's not going to be significant enough to get a compensatory pick really any more valuable than what the Bears got from the Eagles. So I, I can see that in this vacuum moment of time, getting the fifth or sixth round pick is a fine deal. But I feel like Jordan Howard as an asset from a team building standpoint has had more value and has the potential to have more value in the future. And it feels like somewhere along the way, the Bears failed to maximize what they could have gotten for this asset on the trade market. But given where things stand today, they got what they could, and that's okay. So that may just close the book officially on the Jordan Howard era in Chicago. We're not having 24 in the backfield here, but I guess reuniting with Alshon Jeffrey over there and certainly wish Jordan Howard the best of luck in his career. But the Bears move forward, and so do we. So still to come on the podcast, we'll look at where things go from here. 
what Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen can do in this backfield and what Matt Nagy thinks about that as well as what this draft could bring and how this trade impacts the team building moving forward. That's next on Locked On Bears. Life without Jordan Howard in Chicago begins officially here March 29th. The era is over. A great fifth-round pick, far exceeded expectations, a pro bowler, you know, wishing Jordan Howard the best of luck. But the Bears move forward without the Indiana product in the backfield. Right now, it is Mike Davis, it is Tariq Cohen, it is Taquan Mizell, and Ryan Nall as your four Bears running backs under contract. The writing was certainly on the wall for Howard once the Bears signed Mike Davis to his new deal, and Matt Nagy was asked about the former Seahawks running back at that same NFL owners meeting breakfast on Tuesday, and I wanted to start there playing what the head coach had to say about the newest running back who now seems to be the top dog in place of Jordan Howard. You were diving through tape on the running backs available in yeah. the agency. What, what did you like about Mike Davis's profile? Well, you know, with Mike, we saw somebody that... Uh, um, you know, he was in a position in Seattle where he, he didn't have a, a lot of tread on his tires, you know, not a lot of carries, shared some carries. Um, and I, I liked his vision. I thought he had really good vision. Um, he was a guy that, that could, you know, I've, you've heard me say it, so can make you miss between the tackles. He has that in him. Um, and so we, we, we liked that. We thought that uh, that, that would be a, a good addition to, to our, our, uh, our side of the ball on offense. And and uh, so we're, we're intrigued to get him in and start learning who he is as a person. And, and uh, from all the research that we did on him, we thought it was a great fit. What about him in the passing game? Yeah, no, he's got – so you don't see a lot of that on tape with him uh, where, where, where he came from in Seattle. But, but he, it's, I, think it's, I think it's there. And just from, from talking to him when he got in here, uh, you, you know, he, he's, a, he's an athlete. You know, and, and as long as you're an athlete, you can make it work. I just want to interrupt Matt Nagy there. That's not the end of his comments on Mike Davis, and we'll pick back up in a second. But just that last line really caught me when he said, you know, Matt, Mike Davis doesn't have a lot of proven receiving production, but as long as you're an athlete, you can make it work. And I guess I my first thought was about Jordan Howard. And I'm not saying Mike Davis and Jordan Howard are the exact same type of athlete, but I know Mike Davis at the NFL Combine when he came out a few years ago ran a 4-6-1 and Jordan Howard didn't run the 40 at the Combine, but at his pro day ran a 4.59 in the 40-yard dash. I'm not saying that says that they're the same speed and the 40-yard dash really tells you so much, but I just I think it's interesting that Matt Nagy seems to be more willing to quote-unquote make it work with Mike Davis as a receiver despite his lack of production rather than Jordan Howard and his lack of production. We talked a little bit earlier on the podcast here a couple days ago, I believe last week, it would have been really going in-depth on Jordan Howard as receiver, but that, that to me, again, just perked my ears up a little bit, raised another question mark or red flag as to why Matt Nagy is so willing to work it out with Mike Davis there, but not Jordan Howard. Again, making me wonder if there's more to this than we know on the outside. But regardless, I'm not going to play too much conspiracy theory here. Let's get back to just the little bit left that Matt Nagy said about Mike Davis. When you say it, you're talking around hands. What do you say? A little bit of both. You know, uh, all these guys are so different in what they bring to the table. Um, some are unique in the fact that they're, you know, they're they're they have really good hands and they're average route runners, or they have average hands and they're great route runners as as ball carriers, as running backs. 
<clears throat> so you'll see here just in what we believe in is is trying to find that mix and that mold of of uh, some running backs that, that we put together when you have a Jordan Howard, a Tariq Cohen, a Mike Davis. You have these guys, they all have different traits. And some of it's protection, some of it's scatting out of the backfield, some of it's from empty. And we just like to try to figure out what's the best way to use them. And uh, anytime you can add guys to your position, it's good. So it's obvious that the Bears like Mike Davis, right? They, they signed him for a reason. They went out and got him fairly early in the free agent process. I was a little disappointed Nagy couldn't provide a few more specifics about Mike Davis's skill set in particular. He kind of talked a little bit more generally, mentioned the vision and being able to make guys miss in space, which is some of the things he talked about what he likes in a running back the first time. So in that sense, it's fulfilled, but just not a lot of depth of detail there. And, you know, I'm not going to hold that against him too much. But as we look at sort of the composition of this backfield moving forward, I would expect Tariq Cohen to likely play about the same role as last year. That was about 65% of his snaps in the backfield, 35% at a receiver position, motion and outside, moving around all sorts of different things with him, different ways to get him moving horizontally to stretch the defense out that way. And I would expect Mike Davis to play a little bit of a bigger role than what he did in Seattle last year. Last year was only about 116 carries for 524 yards, including the playoffs there. So I would expect a little bit more on his shoulders potentially being able to do a little bit more with him as a receiver, put he and Cohen on the field together a little bit more. But it does still feel like there is a, a missing piece here in this backfield that a draft pick is still going to come. And, and you'll, you'll notice I haven't mentioned Cordero Patterson. I think he'll get some carries, but I don't consider him really a part of the running back rotation. He's a little bit more of a gadget type player. We've talked about him with Arif Hassan a couple weeks ago when the Bears first signed him. Now, a traditional running back position isn't necessarily Patterson's best fit, but he can offer you a couple of different things, some mixing and, and some gadget type stuff with him in the backfield. So he's not going to be a significant member of this rotation, still a significant weapon in the offense, but those are two different variations for, for our purposes here. So I do think the Bears are set up to draft a player. I've mentioned it many times on this podcast, the running back position is deep in this draft. And if Ryan Pace is going to stick with best player available, I think at some point a running back will be best player available. On Monday, we talked about some of the running backs in this draft that the Bears have already met with for or, or are meeting with for their official pre-draft meeting. So, you know, expect them to take a, a closer look and keep a closer eye on those guys. Some different mixes of skill sets there, but I, I wouldn't necessarily limit the scope for Bears draft pick running backs, two guys that are great receivers. I do think Matt Nagy has some leeway there, and like he described with Mike Davis, and, and that even though that was Jordan Howard's weakness, it still feels to me like that's not the whole story. And even it's not, a, I, I just, like I said, and like kind of the whole theme of the show, the whole trade doesn't quite add up for me. The whole Jordan Howard situation from what we know on the outside just doesn't totally click. So, I wouldn't expect the running back that they draft to be necessarily totally different from Jordan Howard. You don't want to just draft another Tariq Cohen type because you have that. You need a guy who's going to be able to take some carries and whom you might have to sacrifice as a receiver to some extent to be able to get that type of guy. So I think the door's pretty wide open for any type of running back that the Bears feel like is going to be a, a, a home run type pick 
in this offense, and it won't just be the most explosive or the most shifty or the best receivers in this draft, although certainly the player they pick could fit those categories as well. We'll have plenty more draft talk coming your way, all leading up to the big event. Really, we're almost well, we're coming up on less than a month away from the draft. It's an exciting time, sort of the last big wave of additions to this Bears roster before this 2019 season. We're going to be here for you every step of the way, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. It's a new app called Himalaya. We are on there as well. So many different ways to tune in and get your daily Bears fix. You can also follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. Follow us on Instagram, at LockedOnBears. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for more discussion as well. We've still been going back and forth about George Shahuri and the Pro Football Focus Analytics from our last podcast on there. A lot of people got real fired up about that one, kind of as I expected. But uh, uh, I know some people have taken it in with an open mind. We, we got one person who's been tweeting at us about, you know, he listened to it once and didn't get it all the way, but uh, Dan Wiggins said, you know, once he listened to the podcast on a second time, he, he picked up a lot more and, and seemed to have a little bit of a better understanding of it, too. So I hope, at the very least, you learned something from that one and didn't turn it off halfway through in disgust with what the numbers were saying about some of the Bears. Uh, I hope you continue to, to tune in and, and learn more about this team along with me as we go through this offseason. We're here to break down the big trades, the big additions, and even the the dead times of the year between the draft and training camp. It's going to be a little rough for all of us here, but I hope you can band together and bear down.